Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. have you here this morning. We are starting a new series, kicking off our year with um, the word engage. And so we believe this is the word for church, the Bethel this year. Um, How many people here has ever driven a manual transmission vehicle, a standard car? How many people? Raise your hand up nice and high if you've driven it before. If you're at home, if you just raise your hand just for fun. Um, what happens is now, I do believe if you have a um, trans auto, uh, wow, standard transmission car, you don't even have to lock your car. It's an anti-theft device for most uh, young people. Um, but if you're like me, I grew up learning how to drive um, stick. And that's what we had for a first car. And I really do think everybody should learn to drive on a stick because if you learn how to drive standard, you can drive any vehicle. Um, but the way my parents taught me, I don't know if this is the right way or not, and if they're listening online, don't worry, I'm not scarred from it, but what they did was they, as soon as I got my learner's permit, they took me to a hill with a stop sign, right? And this was one of those spots where if you've never driven standard, you're like, what's the problem with the hill? Right. You've never driven standard. Um, So I come to this hill, and when I say a hill, I'll be honest, it's more of a knoll, but anybody knows if you've driven standard, any bit of a slope when you haven't done it before is just a challenge. And so I'm sitting there, and what if you didn't do this the first time driving standard parked on a hill, just be quiet. Um, But I sat there, and I stalled this car multiple times. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody pulled up behind me. Now, I'll be honest, anytime I see somebody, whether it's a flat surface or a hill, and they're driving standard, and they stall it, every one of us knows, even if you've driven for a long time, if all of a sudden you stall it, and there's people around, what happens? Your heart starts pounding, you start getting nervous, and so you probably are going to do one of two things. You're going to stall a second time, or you're going to squeal your tires, And so, needless to say, the person was behind me. I stalled a couple more times. I'm getting nervous. Uh, I'd like to tell you my parents were calm. They weren't. And so, I didn't realize our old car could do this, but I laid some rubber. And so, I have seen people, I won't mention names because they would be embarrassed. There's part of me that wants to really say their name now, but I won't. I've seen them in our own parking lot. And they've stalled it. And when Pastor Carlo and I are out there talking as we're leaving, and they stalled their car, and, and all of a sudden they stalled it a second time. And I remember standing with Pastor Carlo, and I said to him, I said, they're going to peel rubber. And sure enough, they stalled it a third time, and the next thing you know, just gone. But it's usually what happens. You get nervous. But here's the thing with your driving stick. Once you get moving... Second gear, third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, and if you're lucky, sixth gear is easy. It's that first gear. It's that first engagement that is the challenge. 
And once you get that down, once you get the feel for that, once you get that understanding in your life, the rest of the gears actually come fairly natural. They're not that challenging. They're not that difficult. And I really believe it's the same way in our relationship with God. Once you engage with him and you have that discipline down, the rest of the things that he asks, the rest of the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines in your life become a little bit more natural. See, every year, Melissa and I, we take time and we pray and we ask God for a word for Bethel. And as you see behind me, we believe the word this year is engage. And it's not for Melissa and I. It is, but it's for all of us. It's for everyone that calls Bethel home. We believe that God is wanting us to engage with him and engage with our community. And we believe he wants us to engage with the church. We we believe that he wants you to engage with Bethel to be more than just spectators. And then we believe he wants you to engage with others. And so this morning, I want to give you kind of a broad view, and then we're going to look at these a little more closer in the next few weeks. But the word engage means to offer something such as one's life or word as a backing to a cause or aim, to expose, to risk, for the attainment or support of some end. And then it says in the second one, engage means to com- committed to or supportive of a cause. What would your life look like? What would my life look like? What would all of our lives look like if we were more engaged with God? What if you were engaged to a point of risk? What if you were engaged, supported or committed to God, to your community, to your neighbors? What if you were committed to the church? What if you're committed to others, to a supportive right to the end? Where you actually take a risk. What does it mean for you and me to be committed to the cause of Christ, our relationship with him? See, John 5, 19 says this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. I can only do what I see the father doing. What if, what if you could only do what you knew the Heavenly Father was doing? Now, some of us, we automatically, well, he was the child of God. That's how he knew. But you can read throughout Scripture where Jesus took time alone. He would leave the crowds. He would leave everybody, and he would go and spend time with the Father. And that's where he would find out what the Father was doing. To live this way, to do only what the Father is doing, we need to engage with God so that we know what he's doing. Then not only do we know what he is doing or wanting us to do, but then there's the next step. 
See, it's one thing to know what he's doing. It's another thing to know what he wants you to do. But James 1.22 says this, But be doers of the word, not hearers only. See, it's one thing to read your Bible. It's another thing to do what the Bible says. It's one thing to come to church and hear what we're saying and what we're teaching. It's another thing to actually respond to it, to actually do something with it. I love the way this verse verse ends because if you're reading the scriptures or you're coming on a Sunday morning and you leave and none of it impacts or changes your life, James actually tells us that we're only deceiving yourself. We're only deceiving ourselves. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. We need to do what he asks us to do, whether it's a big thing, which sometimes when it's a big thing, we want to do it. A lot of times it's the little things. It's the unseen things. But that's where when we are faithful doing the little that he will ask us to do more because we will realize and he will trust us because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about him. And then what effect would it have if we engaged with our community? What would happen if you engaged the community? What would happen if you engaged your neighbors? How can we come along Side people in organizations and businesses and support and encourage and volunteer and help them. See, when I think of engaging in our community, I don't think of like, what can we do? What can we start? How can we impact? I believe that God sometimes doesn't want us to do something new, but they want, he wants us to partner with. Bethel coming along and engaging with another organization, engaging with somebody in the community to bless and work in our community. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I don't know about you, but the last couple of years for a lot of people have been a year or two of adversity. But what if we love in this time? What if we look beyond ourselves, and what if we try to connect and come along and partner with people in our community and show them the love of Jesus This is a season where we need to be engaging with our community and not just to bring the gospel, but to meet a tangible need and work side by side and just love on them and support them and be here for them. And then the third thing, what could we do if everyone was engaged with the church? What could Bethel do if everyone was engaged with the church? And I don't mean just attending or watching online or calling Bethel home. Not a spectator. But what if everybody was a team member? What if you were a part of a team here at Bethel Church? What if it was more than just showing up on Sunday mornings? Or showing up at a midweek thing. What if, what if you were a part of a team? See, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. See, if you call Bethel home, if this is your church, if you attend here, or you watch online, this is still your church. You were a part 
of the body. Now, how many people in the room have ever had a time in their life, or maybe you're in a season right now, where a part of your body isn't functioning correctly? Anybody? Anybody have something wrong with their body, whether it's broken, whether it's um, you know, hard of hearing, whether you need glasses, whether you need a walker, whether you need a wheelchair, whether you've broke a bone, whatever it is, you know what it's like to have a body that is not functioning correctly. See, I really believe that Jesus, God, the Word of God tells us that we are a body of Christ because of the illustration that if you call Bethel home, I'm going to be a little direct for the ones in the room and watching online. If you call Bethel home, and you're not serving in one way, you are that part of the body that's not functioning correctly. Chad, that's a little harsh for the second Sunday of the year. It is. But I want to challenge you with the question, what could Bethel do if every part of its body was functioning the way it's supposed to function? Many of us will celebrate as we get to the end of February and we celebrate with the annual business meeting. We tell everything that's going on and the amazing things that are happening. We are excited for what Bethel is doing. But what could we do with everybody engaged? Man. Do you know that the enemy would be nervous? Do you know that he would be nervous? Because we would have everybody engaged, every part of the body functioning. I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning and, or even just sitting on the couch and you get up and your leg is asleep, please don't be that leg. Engage with the church. Romans 12, 3 to 6 says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, so just right there for a minute. Don't think of yourself more highly. Don't think you deserve a certain position. Don't think, the other side of this is also, please don't be insecure that you don't think you can do something. You are anointed and called by God to be a part of this body. There is a place for you. There is a place for you to serve. If you're like, well, Chad, I don't want to be on the stage. There is so many things and roles that need to be done for this church to operate and function to its fullness that have nothing to do with this platform. So if you're like, Chad, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be seen on the internet. Me neither. So I won't force you to. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment. And also, sorry, go back. Don't think of yourself more highly. I don't care if you're two years old or you're 102. If you are breathing, God still wants to use you. Please don't ever think, well, now I'm at this age. I'll let the younger generation do it. I want you to know, Sarah had a kid at 100. I'm not speaking that over your lives. But God, if you were breathing, God's not done with you. That is my true belief. So you can still serve. You are still a part of the body of Christ. Think of yourself as sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, 
form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We actually belong to one another. We serve one another. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Every one of us doesn't have the same function. Every one of us doesn't have the same gifts. But we all have at least one function. You have at least one gift. You have one function or one gift, if not more, that this church needs for you to serve. We form one body. We all have gifts that work together. I grew up just north of Ottawa, so our school trips always went to the Parliament buildings. So for everybody that goes to Ottawa and is like, oh, I saw the Parliament buildings. I've seen it too many times. Um, but I remember taking the elevator up to the top of the Peace Tower clock. And as you're riding up, I don't know if it's still this way, but I remember it was like glass and you could see all the gears. And every gear had its own function. It had big gears, small gears, but every one of them made sure that that clock stayed on time. We need each and every one of you. It doesn't matter if you think you're just a really small gear or really big gear. Every one of us needs to work together so we stay in tune and engaged with God. So we need to engage with God. We need to engage with our community. We need to engage with the, uh, with the church. And we need to engage with others. We need to engage with one another. We need to support one another. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no division among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Do you want to know why you need to be in this order, engage with God, community, church, and others? Do you want to know why God's at the top? Because I want you to see this verse, 1 Corinthians 1.10. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you, I want you to say all of you, Agree with one another. It's pretty quiet. Do you know why we need God? So that we can agree with one another. Do you know that God will unify our hearts for the things that matter? Because when we're connected to God, the amazing thing that happens is we begin to shift our priorities. When we concentrate on God, when we look at God, when we see him and we, we pay attention to what he is doing, all the other things in life, all the distractions begin to fall away. But if you're not connected to God in a healthy and a strong way, all the distractions will flood in. Agree with one another. And then look at this part of the verse. There be no division among you. The last two years, I've seen so much division. And in the church more than anywhere else. Because we're all distracted. We're all distracted. See, God didn't call us to argue and debate health and rights. You know, he called us to love one another. He called us to go into all the world and share the gospel not my opinion. 
if we're connected to God, we'll be unified about the things that matter. And then all the other stuff will fall away. So Chad, you're saying that other stuff doesn't matter? I honestly don't think it does. I can still worship God. I can still serve God. I can still live my life. I cook more at home, which obviously hasn't hurt me. You weren't supposed to laugh at that. (laughs) When we have God first, all the other stuff comes into alignment. It connects together properly. And then we can agree with one another. There is no division because we are perfectly united in mind and thought because our mind is on Christ and our thoughts are on him and his will. This is a year where a church needs to, the people that call themselves Christian, what means Christ-like, need to engage with God so they can engage with their community in a whole new way. Because I'll be honest with you, what the community thinks of churches right now is not healthy. We need to paint a new picture. We engage as a church. When we unite together, we are a force to be reckoned with. And then we engage with others. We care for one another. So how do we get to a point where we agree with one another? How do we get to a point where there's no division and we're perfectly united in mind? It starts with engaging with God. So as we start, if we learn to engage, as I said before, that first gear of engaging with God sometimes is a hard one. Finding that time, finding that intimate time to hear his voice, to him to shape our hearts and shape our minds. That's the first gear. And once that is engaged with God, the others become smoother because we get his heart, we get his mind. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And when I read that verse, when I read that last part, forgive as the Lord's forgiven you, you know what? It doesn't take me long to remember how much God's forgiven me. And when I remember how much God has forgiven me, do you want to know how easy it is for me to forgive other people? Because you might be shocked at this, but I can mess up sometimes. And I have to apologize, and I have to ask for forgiveness, and I have to ask the Lord to forgive me. And when I think about all that time, it helps me. See, we're supposed to support one another. I encourage you to join a small group. This is your support system. This is our support system. It's my support system. I'm in a small group. And this small group supports one another. We look after each other. We pray for one another. If you're like, well, Chad, I'm looking for people to support me, then join a small group. Well, I'm not sure if that's for me. It's for you. Just take that step. 1 John 1, 7 says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. We have fellowship with one another. Do you know, no matter what rules or guidance we have, we have fellowship with one another? Do you know that you and I can still have a coffee at some place, sometime? 
you know what's always interesting? If you drive by Tim Hortons over here, I think it's usually Sunday mornings, no matter what was going on the last couple years. I would see a circle of lawn chairs with these older guys. They would all sit in the parking lot and have coffee together. Now that it's colder, I actually see vehicles in a circle. So they're sitting in their warm cars with their windows down. They haven't stopped connecting. Don't stop connecting. You can still have coffee. If you haven't seen someone from Bethel in a while, call them. Well, Chad, I'm actually waiting for somebody to call me. Call them. I want you to know if you pull out your phone, your phone will be like mine. It actually has numbers on both sides. Not on both sides. What I mean is you have numbers. That didn't come out right at all. You have numbers on your phone so you can call people. That's what I meant to say. I hope you followed that first part. (laughs) Call somebody. Reach out to them. Don't wait for somebody to call you first. Because Galatians 6.2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Strengthen one another. Engage with one another. So this is a year to engage. This is the year to engage with God. So it was already announced, I encourage you, January 23rd at 6.30, we're doing Hearing God Seminar. And if you're in the room and you're like, well, Chad, I grew up in this church, I understand how to hear God's voice, I want to encourage you to come out and learn to hear God's voice in a different way. Maybe you're brand new to this church and you never really thought that God still speaks and you actually think we're nuts for thinking that. That's okay. Come on out, hear about it, And you might be surprised that he still speaks to you. I love the fact that we've gone through this with leaders in our church already. Some of the teaching. And when we have them do some of the exercises. Ones who I would say, like, if you're growing growing up in church, you'll understand this. And this is such church language. But, like, they were born on the front row. They've been in church their whole lives. It's kind of part of their DNA. And I love the fact that when they do some of these exercises, they go... I was shocked. I knew that God spoke to me and I hear his voice, but I was shocked at how often and how clear he speaks. So come and be a part of it. Engage. It's a year to engage with your community. So be praying for ways for you to engage with your neighbors, your coworkers, your family and your friends. Engage with the church. Where are you serving? Where are you going to serve? If Bethel is your home then you were a part of it, and we need you serving. So what team are you on? What team will you be joining? Engage with each other. Are you joining a small group? Are you going to host a small group? Are you leading a small group? Who can you call this week? Who can you bring a meal to this week? Who can you have a coffee with this week? Who can you pray with? This week. Because now that we know all these things, now that we understand all these things, John John 13, 17 says this, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. I believe this is what the body of Christ is supposed to do. So what can 22 look like for you if you engage in these four areas? What can your 22 look like if you engage with God, the community, the church, and others? I encourage you on Sunday mornings, you want to engage with God? 
When you come in, come early. Come early to church. Here's the one thing that always has shocked me. Every one of us can make it on time for work. We can show up early for sports. Show up early for church. Iron your clothes the night before. Pick your clothes the night before. Prep yourself and your family both physically and spiritually as you come to the house of the Lord. Come in and take a minute to ask God to clear your mind, clear your thoughts, and then begin just to thank Him. Before worship even starts, just begin to thank Him. And this is how we will begin to engage with Him this year. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. And Father, we thank you for a new year. And Lord, we believe that this is a year not to waste or to complain away, but this is a year to engage with you. And so, Father, for everyone in this room and everyone watching online, Lord, help us to engage with you. Help us to engage with our community. Help us to engage with our church and with others. Lord, let us grow with you. Let us grow in our love for our community. Lord, help us to join a team, to strengthen the body of Christ, Lord, to be a part of where you have planted us. And Lord, let us connect with one another to carry each other's burdens, to shoulder each other's weight, and Lord, to show one another your love. So Father, let this be a great year in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go this week, and I encourage you to begin now engaging with him. And so sign up for the Hearing God Seminar. Connect with a small group. If you need more information, there should be somebody at the desk in the lobby to help you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 